Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Time now for the DenverSports.com front page. Stop what you're doing and listen. Taking a look at the top stories in Denver sports taken from your online home for the best opinions and information on the Broncos, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rockies, and more. What in the name of Dan Issel? With today's DenverSports.com front page, here's Schlereth and Evans. Cecil Lammy, who will be joining us a half hour from now at the Senior Bowl, has been giving us a great, great rundowns, his notes, a notebook, all kinds of uh, observations, impressions from the uh, Senior Bowl this week at denversports.com. And he uh, writes about how the All-Star Circuit showed a player who would be a perfect Bronco. Now, before I get to that, Bo Nix was uh, maybe the player that Broncos country was most interested in getting first-hand accounts of. Yeah. Cecil writes, I was disappointed in Bo Nix at the Senior Bowl. I came in thinking he could catapult himself into the top 10, but now I don't think that's the case. His film will get him drafted in the first round, but there's more to work on than originally thought. Hmm. I think he was good enough at the Senior Bowl, but he did not put on a show. Well, if you like him, really like him, that might be a good thing. You know what I'm saying? Because if it does, if it does push him down, like I don't put a lot of weight. I'd put more merit into what he looked like at the Senior Bowl than I would his pro day. His pro days are fake. Like you, know, when you want to talk about just faking people out, you get to decide what you're throwing, how you're operating, who your receivers are, all that kind of stuff. So those things are that that stuff is not real. Now, Cecil loves to tell us the players that he discovered at these mm-hmm. at these. Uh, all-Star Games, right. and reminds people of the people he said he sh- the Broncos should draft, uh-huh. especially when they go on to star elsewhere, right. the most recent being Isaiah Pacheco. Right. So right. file this name away. He says, I'm calling my shot again. The Broncos need to draft USC running back Marshawn Lloyd. Okay. Ready for this? Yeah. I love this. Oh, wait. This is going to be a scouting yeah. term here. Yeah. Here comes the scouting. Gosh. gosh I know gosh, you gosh. love the scouting okay. paragraph. Right. Here we go. Go ahead. Lloyd proved that he could close the gap quickly, use his punch, keep his base, and do his best to protect the quarterback. So he could do... I would think that's a lot of the stuff that you did as an offensive lineman, right? Close the gap. Close the gap, okay. Use his punch, and keep his base. Keep his base. Mm. So So he's a a pass-protecting back. He's somebody that you can trust to pick up that... Pick up that blitz. Or how well he... How does he catch? Does he have uh, soft hands? Velvety hands? Velvet mitts. Velvet mitts. Right, isn't that what Michael Bublé says? Yeah. Velvet mitts? Yeah, or silky mitts. Silky mitts. Maybe silky mitts. Silky mitts, I think. Right, we got to get that as a drop. Let's get some silky mitts on him. Nikola Jokic continues a streak that is really quite impressive when you think about it. Jake Shapiro writing at denversports.com. Nikola Jokic remains the only MVP Mm -hmm. in NBA history to never have an all-star teammate. Wow. Jamal Murray did not get named as an all-star reserve. Michael Porter Jr. did not get named. 
as an all-star Shocking. reserve. Shocking. Aaron Gordon did not get named as an all-star reserve. So, uh, Nikola Jokic, the lone MVP to never have an all-star teammate. But doesn't that actually just make the case? Well, right? does it just kind of make the Nuggets even that much more appealing? Yes. That... I would think that their sum is absolutely greater than the individual parts. Why cannot, like, we, we got ESPN right on, and, and you got, you know, they're talking about the Lakers as per usual, and Stephen A. Sorry, why can Stephen A. not see that? Like, why can you not celebrate that? Because it's happening in Denver. That's why. If, if, if the Nuggets all of a sudden got traded to uh, New York... We flipped franchises. Knicks came out here. Nuggets went out there. Uh-huh. We would see the new look Nugget Knicks all over the place. Yeah. yeah. But I, the thing that, and on this Is It Just Me Friday, let me deviate really quickly. Is it just me? What is it about Joel Embiid that the, the national basketball media feels the need to go out and protect this guy? It's now gotten to the point where you have members of the media blaming and they're raising the debate that this 65-game minimum to be eligible for postseason awards is what caused Embiid to hurt his knee because he rushed back to play because he was running out of games to miss. And that this bogus, uh, flimsy, stupid 65-game minimum... Led to Embiid hurting himself. Just what? What is it? What, why the? Why the need to protect Embiid so much? I don't know. But what do you think is going to happen? They, you, you did say it's a torn meniscus, right? Is that what you said about Embiid? Torn yeah. meniscus? Yeah. You know what that means, don't you? What? It's NBA. He's done for the year. <laughs> You'd be playing this week. I'd, I'd play this weekend. Yeah. He done for the year. They'll probably try to repair it because that's what the NBA does. Because, oh, you know, there are investment, and I get it. So, yeah, he'll probably be done for the year. If it's if it's truly a torn meniscus, they're going to do a meniscus repair, which means he'll be done for the year. So here we are. We're not even to the All Star break yet in the NBA, and people are blaming the sixty five game minimum. Right. We're not even halfway to the. Uh, through the season yet, or barely halfway through the season, and the fact that Joel Embiid had so few games left to miss in order to be eligible. I think that says more about Embiid and all these games he misses mm-hmm. than the idea that, oh, poor yeah. Embiid, this uh, stupid 65-game minimum forced him to play through pain, right? suck it up, gut it out, and hurt himself more. Yeah. Unbelievable. But really quickly, back to um, Murray. Just me, I, and I, 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 I want the best for Jamal Murray. Yeah. But I ultimately want the best for the Nuggets. And personally, is he just me? The fact that he got left out of the All Star game, I love the fact that he got left out because for a guy who I think really loves the idea of having a chip on his shoulder and probably needs to find ways to have a chip on his shoulder, the notion that he can use this yet again when he goes into the playoffs. It says, fine, okay, you yeah. don't want to put me on an all-star team? I'll just go win another championship and be one of the best players on the planet in winning another championship. How about that? At, at what point 
do do players quit looking at just the scoring and look at what he does, the two-man game, how it's unstoppable, the importance he has in regards to what the Joker does and start rewarding him for the overall game as opposed to just, hey, wow, he's a great scorer. But you know how being part of that fraternity, you know how players think. Mm. And if, if you're a player sitting on your couch watching the Super Bowl and you watch a guy who just constantly seems to come up big in those kind of yeah. moments, and he may not be somebody who during the regular season mm-hmm. stands out as much, but he's doing it on that stage. As a player, looking at that player, what, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, he's just he's a big-time performer. He's a clutch guy. He's the, all that stuff. And right? your respect for him just grows. Goes beyond, yeah. you know, some, some you know guy who's putting up great stats during the regular season. That's why. That's just, uh, just another reason I hate stats. Because it's the lowest common denominator. It's the easiest thing just to look. Oh, look with the stat. Oh, you know, guy's a great player. Look at his... Like, like Embiid, like you and I, I look, I look far more beyond. He's a great scorer. He's a great scorer. He's a great, he's a great touch shooter from seventeen feet. He's ridiculous. Or behind the three point line, right? Okay, but does is he does is he available? Is does he does? Hey, speaking of boo rating, <laughs> you guys got zero boo he's rating. Got no boo rating. <laughs> Jake Shapiro at DenverSports.com writing about how Nathan McKinnon gets the top NHL honor again. Yes, for back-to-back months, he was named the NHL's top star. Number one star. Yes. Not the number two and certainly not the number three that you just scorn. No, my God. You don't want to hear about third stars. No, I don't. Hey, by the way, how's the guy How's the guy in Tampa that's neck and neck with McKinnon? Nikita Kucherov. Coochie. <laughs> How's Coochie doing? How many stars has Coochie got? Uh, he has, well, put it this way. He has not gone back-to-back like Nathan McKinnon is. Okay. Uh, the last guy to do it was, stop me if you've heard this before, Connor McDavid last year won back-to-back monthly awards. But Nate has done it now two months in a row. This month, this past month, 12 goals, 14 assists, 26 points in 12 games. They went 9-3. and three. Was Coochie like the second or third star? Either of those months? Or was he? Was he ranked in those? Well, like you, I've taken my cue from you. I don't pay attention to too high. I know. I only I care know about you and one. I because we're the wolf pack. We don't pay attention to the rest of the sheep. But what I'm saying is most people in America and Canada are soft. <laughs> and they care about the second oh, and third. Oh, yeah. Stars. I mean, if I, I could I, just get third yeah. place, I don't, that would be I don't, great. I don't know. I don't care. So I can't tell you if Coochie finished uh, second or third. But I can tell you this, the the chances of Denver, Colorado doing something that hasn't been done since Los Angeles in 1989 is looking more and more real. 1989, L.A. was the last city to have both an NBA and NHL Mm -hmm. MVP in Magic Johnson and Wayne Gretzky. As of right now, McKinnon and Kucherov are in a dead heat for um, odds. Yes. And the Hart Trophy as the NHL MVP. It's 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 just those two because the next closest person is Connor McDavid. So like both 
McKinnon and Kucherov are like minus 115, meaning you got to bet $115 to win 100. Mm. McDavid is next after those two at plus 3,300. Yeah. So that tells you it's a it's a two horse race in hockey, and then in basketball with Embiid uh, missing all these games, he has completely fallen out of the the odds, and now it's. Jokic is a heavy, heavy favorite to win the MVP. Uh, Shai Gilgis Alexander, SGA from Oklahoma City, is next, but he's he's pretty distant. And then Luka Doncic from Dallas is way beyond that. So in the case of both McKinnon and Jokic, there's a really, really good chance these two could both be MVPs at the same time. That'd be so which cool. Which would be so You said, what is it, 89? The last time that happened? 1989, yeah. Yeah. Magic and uh, Gretz. Gretzky. Wow. How cool is that? That's really cool. Real quick, Kucherov did finish as the first star in November. Okay. Coochie. Coochie. Who Those was Kucherov the- and McKinnon and McKinnon the last two months? Now, Mark wants to know who the third star has been in the last couple of months while McKinnon was the first star. Do you have that? Connor Hellbuck. Uh, uh, Hellebuck, the uh, goaltender from uh, And Winnipeg. Elias Peterson. Uh, I think he's with Vancouver. two T's and two S's. That's weird. That might be, yeah, Vancouver there, I think. So. And Kale McCarr finished as the second star in November behind Kucherov, just another footnote. Kale doesn't accept it. He does not. He, no. He did not accept no. the award. Somebody tried to give him the award. He threw it away. He's like. Got there in the trash. You can get out of here with that garbage. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about the Colorado Broadcasters Association. Okay, that's uh, what's going on at Denver Sports Talk. <laughs> Uh, we politely declined this year uh, to attend. Yeah, um, I'm not showing up. So we're looking at terms for Cecil. Scouting mm. terms. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, how about this one? Uh, phalangeal torsion. <laughs> <laughs> phalangeal torsion. Yeah, that, it could be. That's a That one's... With my propensity to screw things up, that could that yeah, could that come could, out. That, that could, could come go, out wrong, yeah, really wrong. Uh, low center of brevity. <laughs> low center of brevity. <laughs> um, uh, telescope vision. Ooh, yeah, he locks on. He locks on to receivers. He just got too much telescope vision. Yeah. Oh, wedge, wedge leverage. Wedge leverage. For offensive linemen, yeah. wedge leverage. leverage. I like that. Uh, that is good. That's good. Uh, here's somebody said a fake scouting term, tensegrity. Tensegrity? Yeah. No idea what it is, but it has right. gritty, gr- you know, like integrity, tensegrity. Uh-huh. Feather feet. Feather feet. Okay, I like that. Electric toes. Electric, we did, we we did that, that one. one before, electric toes. Uh, how about dynamic elasticity? Oh, that is a good like dynamic elect- el- elasticity. I like that dynamic elasticity to go along with boo rating. <laughs> this is like you working in the uh, uh, phrases that pay during a yes. broadcast. Uh, Stank, don't bother with Game of Thrones. Yeah, highly overrated. Uh, you guys. Shut up! You just don't know. Well, you liked all that dragon and, you know, medieval stuff. I did. Yeah, you did. I like dragons. Yeah. You do. You always like dragons. I've always liked dragons. 
Uh, is it just me or it just goes to show that you guys can talk about Coochie and have a good time with it and not have any understanding at all what it really is? Of course we know what it is. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> that doesn't mean that you we think? don't talk about it. Right. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. It's like those... Like have that, you listened to this show for a clothing line for a long time, that Juicy Cooter. Oh, boy. Right? I did not expect that. Was that not the line? I don't know. Uh, it uh, Juicy? I, Juicy uh, was a line of clothes, right? I, no? I, 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 I don't. That's what she said. We go back to Scottinger. <laughs> Boom. Bigfoot. Thank you, John. New York, London, Paris, Munich. Everybody talk about my music. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you guys hear Brian Windhorst talking about MB? That was the best performance by a player not playing I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, that is good. That uh, is good. So I wanted to bring this up again because uh, I I think it's a good direction to go in, and here's a little bit more juice to support uh, the idea that this could happen. So we like having fun with uh, Mac Jones, Squishy Mac. Goes back to the sure. the picture that he was uh, uh, after winning the national championship at Alabama. He's standing there smoking a cigar with a shirt off, and uh-huh. he definitely looked squishy. Yes, right? he was. Squishy. Although, did you see the picture by the way making the rounds this week of Mahomes? Yeah, in the locker room. Well, there was all kinds of. Then they had the Brady. They just had like the dad bod quarterback. Yeah, and and Mahomes just totally. Looks like he's got a dad bod, and I'm here. he he came out on social well, media and said, now, "Why right? you got?" He says, "Why you got?" He's like, "Bro, why you got to do me like that?" Right. I don't know. Look at the picture. Got a little got little, a, got a little belly going yeah, and you everything. Did yourself. Hey, I'm not. I'm not judging. I mean, I've been dropping the weight with soda and keeping it off, but uh-huh. I still have, you know. Still basically got a dad bod. Yeah, I mean, you know. A little tighter dad bod, but, you know, still a a dad bod. Mm -hmm. But anyway, back to Mac Jones. Um, So apparently the Saints and Sean Payton in the 2021 NFL draft were were reportedly set to jump ahead of the Patriots to select Jones, but they couldn't find a trade partner. Right. Jones landed in New England. So this was before, this was an article that was sent to me, Ahead of the Sunday, uh, ahead of a Patriots Saints matchup that Mark Schlereth was there to call. Mm-hmm. Jameis Winston was the quarterback for. You are correct. Uh, for yeah. the Saints for the Saints, and yeah. Sean Payton was the coach. He uh, talked about Squishy Mac, and he uh, talked about the opening impressions of him as a rookie. He said, "Quote: I think positive, really positive. He was someone that we were really high on. I think he processes information fast." At Alabama, if you watch closely his tape, the ball comes out. Decisions are made fast. I think he sees the field horizontally as well as vertically. He has the arm to make the throws that you want. His decision-making and processing are where I felt were really strong suits with him, and I think he's handling it well. 
So he had Mac had a, a really good rookie year. They went to the playoffs as a rookie. Yeah, had a good he was, year. He you, was good. And yeah. you talked to Belichick and McDaniel's that year about yeah, Squishy Mac. Yeah, and they loved him. They absolutely loved him. His capacity for understanding, his ability to absorb information, to go you know to go home uh, you know pull it all in on a Wednesday morning, go out and execute it on the field on on Wednesday afternoon without missing a hitch. Um, all that, like they praised him. All that stuff was incredible. Like, and then, of course, they reward him and go into his all important second year by making Matt Patricia, who's never been anything but a defensive guy, defensive coordinator, makes him his offensive coordinator. Yes. Along with Joe Judge, who was only a special teams coach um, as a background. Those two were his offensive coordinators. Brilliant move, Bill Belichick. Brilliant! I'm Brilliant. stunned you didn't get a coaching job this uh, cycle. So you know where that you know where that probably emanated from is you're looking at it like, hey, my guy, you know, knows defense so well. And Patricia honestly came in as an O line coach. Then he went to the defensive side of the ball because that's the way the New England Patriots made everybody do it. So now you're coming back to the offensive side of the ball, going, I know it really kills us on defense, right? right? I know what we really right. struggle with. So now all of a sudden, but you know, you have to sequence plays and drives together. You got to call an offense, not just plays. So, um, anyhow. So I love this because part of my offseason Bronco quarterback plan involves Mac Jones. My yes, plan, it does. my plan is to keep Jared Stidham, sign Sam Darnold, and mm. then use a mid round pick, which is all it would cost, to trade for Mac Jones. Because then what you're getting is you're getting three quarterbacks who will all be competing against each other. Mm -hmm. Best man wins. Yeah. And two of them were former first-round draft picks. Right. So if it's so important to you that you have a quarterback that was drafted in the first round, here are two guys that were first-round draft picks uh, and that you can pick up for relatively cheap. You'd be getting Sam Darnold. The idea behind getting Darnold is that it would be a relatively cheap free agent deal. Mm -hmm. With with Mac Jones, you'd be trading. He'd be going into the fourth year of his rookie contract, making five million bucks. Yeah. So you would not be spending that much on your quarterback room, and yet you'd have some really interesting, high potential. A lot of options at the quarterback position to try to find one. And, oh, by the way, you get to keep your number 12 overall pick to get a stud football player. Yeah, you could trade back. Yeah, you could grab a couple of guys. I, Yeah, it just makes so much more sense yeah. than just taking a quarter, yeah. one quarterback <clears throat> at 12. You know what I find funny on, on, the, on the text line is the number of people that text in this show that – are hell-bent for election to take a first, got to have a first-rounder that will slap up the stat of, hey, of the eight quarterbacks that played in the divisional playoffs, you know, seven of them were first-rounders. It just goes to show you guys, you got to have a first-rounder. But then when you say, well, let's go get Mac Jones or let's go get Sam Darnold, right. you, none of you want him because no. he's not your first-rounder. Right. But yet if, they, if we're having this discussion back in 2018 – or 2021, and if if I was saying at the time, I don't know, g give me a, give me a quarterback that was a, a younger quarterback that was in need of rehab, quarterback rehab, or give me a a, a former first round pick uh -huh. who had 
uh, moved on and, 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 and you'd be looking at signing from somewhere else. If I had raised those names, right. then you'd be like, no, we got to draft Sam Darnold. No, we got to yes, draft Mac ex- Jones. Exactly. It's the same exact right. thing. And, and so I'm just, I'm putting out the hip, uh, I'm pointing out the hypocrisy of all that and just saying, hey, this is a way for you to get two quarterbacks for relative cheap price that uh, come in. There was a reason why they were drafted where they were. Work with a guy like Sean Payton, and maybe you end up getting your version of a Jared Goff or Baker Mayfield, and you still get to keep the 12th overall pick or use that 12th overall pick, trade back, and get some much-needed extra picks yeah. that this franchise needs. I, I just So when I said the idea about Mac, that was just my own plan, mm-hmm. and now it's been bolstered by the idea that, hey, Sean Payton right. and the Saints were, yeah. were trying to move up to get Mac. A few years ago. Up next, Cecil Lammy, live from the Senior Bowl. Why is he down on Bo Nix? That's next. You use your cell phone for a lot of things, but you shouldn't have to use it for everything. You deserve reliable home internet that fits your life and your budget. And right now, Internet Essentials Plus from Xfinity is free through the Affordable Connectivity Program. Get unlimited data and equipment included with no annual contract. Go to Xfinity.com slash free to see if you qualify. Restrictions apply. After program participation ends, Comcast standard charges, taxes, and fees apply. May not be combined with other offers. You're going to need a bigger boat. It's time for Schlereth and Evans' big story of the day. What is this that you're so, you're so big? Here's Schlereth and Evans with this morning's biggest story in Denver sports. Big mistake. Big, huge I thoroughly enjoy Cecil Lammy's tour, his all-star tour, Yes, as he uh, checks out all of the prospects for this year's NFL draft. Last Friday, we visited with him from the Shrine Game. This Friday, it's the Senior Bowl in Mobile. He joins us now on the Johnson Auto Plaza Hotline. Cecil, great, great work. You and Mace this week. I want to ask you if you could expand a little bit more on why you're sort of eh on Bo Nix. But yeah, eh on Bo Nix because he just didn't take off. You know, I've seen that at this game multiple times, whether it was Baker Mayfield rocketing from the end of the first round to the number one overall pick, Carson Wentz from a second round pick to number two overall. Justin Herbert cemented his stock at the Senior Bowl, and I was really excited. And maybe that's where I set myself up because I was so excited to see Bo Nix. He's such a great fit for the Broncos, and I thought, Hell, they might have to move up to get him, but that wasn't the case, really. He'll be available at 12. I wouldn't take him at 12. I'd take him somewhere in the 20s, but history shows you don't really want to take a quarterback in the 20s. So the Bo Nix conundrum uh, started in Mobile, and I guess I'm just surprised by the whole thing because I thought he would perform better. He got a little bit better as the week went on, but he looked like a fish out of water most of the time. You know, one of the things I've been doing, Cease, is I've been watching the one-on-ones. You know, they post them all over the Internet, and so I've been watching the one-on-ones, and there's some offensive linemen that are just, I mean, dispensing justice. And I was thinking to myself, you know, Mike pointed out, he goes, well, who are they? And I'm like, I don't know. I was just looking at the numbers. Like, I don't know who they are. But uh, there was a couple of guys I thought the BOO or the boo rating would be off the charts. Like, who do you like, and, and what do you see in some of the old linemen that you've been watching? Yeah, I need you to uh, look up a couple of guys and tell me your notes on it because Patrick Paul, the kid from Houston, jumped off the page. He's so mean. I I love that in one-on-ones. Like, I understand, you know, it's a practice and all that, but it's also a job interview. And if you don't take it seriously, 
you know, you're going to get beat down. And uh, I always want to call him Paul Patrick. It's Patrick Paul from Houston. He's the guy that immediately jumped out as well as Mizzou's own Javon Foster. I thought he looked good on the inside as well. Again, I'm looking for footwork. I'm looking for strength and the ability to understand leverage. I think it's something that made you a standout player is that wrestling background. So who are those guys? I thought that Foster and Paul were two of the players up front of the offensive line. And the offensive line won the day. There's some great edges here. There's some great edges uh, here in Mobile. But I thought the offensive line in three days of practice won each day. Yeah. Well, I, I tried to get you with one of my own. Uh, scouting terms that I came up with, Cease, and you didn't bite, which, you know, you're on, <laughs> shows you're, you're the pro. Yes. You're on to me. You're you're a pro. But I think this could become an advanced analytic, all right? Okay. My BOO or my boo rating, that's balls over opponent. When you just got balls <laughs> and, you, and your balls are bigger than the other guy's balls, that's the yes. boo rating. And so you yes. got a couple of dudes with some boo rating out there. Oh, I'm going to introduce that to the scouting community. Everybody, it's going to be the hottest thing. <laughs> it's going to be the new trend. Forget the uh, tumblers. Yes. What is that? Everyone's got those damn tumblers now with the straw. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. The Stanley Cup things. Top of the chart. Yes, thing. right. All the way to the top. See Salami live at the uh, Senior Bowl. So you, you mentioned Bo Nix. Of all the quarterbacks that were there, who impressed? Yeah, he was the best one there, honestly. I think Michael Pratt was the most consistent. It's very interesting that. A couple of things with the Broncos. One, George Payton's not here. Uh, the, yeah, the new well, I guy, Rager, I'll just call him Rager. Yep. Rager's here. Um, so the new guy from the Saints is here, and George Payton's not here. That was weird. Um, and then, you know, I, I think that consistently, Michael Pratt was the guy, the kid from Tulane. He doesn't have the strongest arm. He doesn't have the best accuracy. I'm really pumping him up here. But he was the most consistent on a day-in, day-out basis. Um, and he had two interviews with the Broncos. So one would be like it gets to know you. Everybody's talked to him, right? I talked to Luke McCaffrey. Luke McCaffrey's talked to the Broncos. Okay, fine. Everybody talks to every team, basically. But two interviews by Wednesday? He was there like a day. And then I already talked to him twice. So that's interesting. He's mostly a day two pick somewhere in the third round, I believe, is where Michael Pratt will land. Penix isn't off my board, but the medicals are going to be huge. Does he go at the end of the first? Does he go to the third round? A lot of evaluators I talk to say that Michael Penix because of his injury history, because of some perhaps work ethic concerns, he's a mid-second-round pick at best. So quarterback's worth the show here. And next to me, um, you know, he needed to be better, and he just wasn't. Okay, George Payton not being there, is that a big deal? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to – I'm emotional and opinionated. So, you know, it's a dangerous combination at times. But when your general manager is not at the senior bowl, that's just weird, man. Like – you should be there. You should be at the Shrine Game, honestly, in my opinion. You should be at the Senior Bowl. You should be everywhere that there's football because this is the last opportunity we get to see these guys actually play football. I'll be at the Combine again this year, and it's like that's the Underwear Olympics. You know, it's medicals, it's interviews, it's made for TV now. This is football. We got to see them play real football, do real football things, and the top evaluator or one of the top evaluators from the Broncos wasn't an attendance. I, I think that's either a sign of what's to come or just a mistake by the team choosing to keep George Payton. Because George Payton has an eye for talent. People may not believe that, but I believe he's a good scout. I believe he has a good eye for talent. And this team needs to be able to hit on those fourth through seventh round picks. Yeah, everybody will you know, have the film, and he'll have access to all the film, and he'll watch that, right. I'm sure. But how many GMs weren't there? Cecil, were there, I mean, is this... Commonplace, or is this just something that's completely out of yeah, place? Yeah, 32 GMs. How many were there? 
Right, and I would say I blame the Rams, basically. Not that I don't love Les Snead, because Les Snead is amazing, but the Rams pretty much keep everybody home. You know, as you mentioned, the film's available. If you've got Exos, which stink, you know, right. you and I love to brag about Exos, but, like, if you have Exos, you can see everything. You can chop it up. But I just think being there, especially in the interview process, you know, like Drake May was here. You know what I mean? He's not even in the game. He wasn't invited, you know, didn't accept the invite or whatever, but Drake May came here because it's that important to that young man's draft stock. Wouldn't it have been cool for the Broncos to have met Drake May? I don't know if they did, but wouldn't it have been cool if George Payton was there? So, yeah, you can watch the film. Yeah, you can chop it up. But you're not there. And in-person scouting is the primary. I mean, George Payton said to me at the end of season press conference, don't TV scout. Ozzie Newsom told me years ago, don't YouTube scout. It's why I do this, so I can get eyes on these guys and eyes on the prize. They were well, well represented, though, the Broncos, <laughs> right? They were well represented, yeah, what, like yeah. nine mm-hmm. scouts or something or something like that? Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Yeah, well represented, and some teams just choose not to send many people. I, I'm, you know, I'm biased. I've been coming to this thing for 18 years, so there you go. So, so okay, oh, let me just yeah. ask real quick about one, one Penix. Sure. Yeah. Panics because it, it really interests me. Obviously, the injury issues and all that, but that national championship game, I just like mechanically, I thought he was awful. I just, I yeah. didn't like his arm talent. I didn't like the way he released the ball. I, I yeah. didn't like much about him in that national championship. Was that an outlier or am I on to something with that? Well, you're on to something because it's pro defenses. He was sacked 11 times this year. And then when he got hit against Michigan, he looked terrible and had three injuries for a guy with two bum shoulders, two bum knees. And yes, he can do off-platform stuff. Basically, think of him as kind of a combination of Philip Rivers throwing motion. It's just ugly people. And think of him as Teddy Bridgewater. He's a left-handed Teddy Bridgewater. And I don't like that. And I love Teddy coming out. had a first-round grade on him uh, because he's smart and accurate. Penix is smart and accurate. But this isn't a seven-on-seven league, baby. This is the NFL. You're going to get hit. And when you get hit like Penix, he was uncomfortable in practice when he couldn't get hit, <laughs> you know, under pressure. So that's not a real good sign. Then the work ethic concerns. And, you know, I sat right next to him. The dude is skinny. And I know skinny. Let me finish. Yeah, yeah. look at you right. now, man. You are skinny. Uh, you Super you, quick, I do have some advice from you guys. Could, may I ask you some advice? Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I just got a text from Andy Locke. Should I ask him how Drew's doing? Uh, ask yes. Him he ask him if Drew would like to come back. I, you know, he's a free agent, right? I know, I know. I, I tell you what, Pete Carroll, and I've, I've spent a lot of time around Seattle, and I spent, you know, two, three days there. Pete and, and that offensive staff loved where he was, like, he was in great need of football rehab, and he got it the last two years. And Yeah, Drew turned it around. Yeah, oh. and he... It, it, he's an intriguing dude, man. He is a free agent, and he's going to get some opportunities. So text him Maybe back. Here. Text him back yeah. and say, hey, is he open to a reunion? Vance came back. <laughs> That's right. Okay, <laughs> I'll do that. I'll you text Andy as soon as we're done what, here. Uh, what was untold is new again. Cecil, great, great work. You and Andrew Mason, great, great work. I have thoroughly enjoyed everything coming from you guys. Great job, Cecil. Just a ton of content. Awesome job. Thank you. Be good, fellas. Cecil Lammy live from the uh, Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama on the Johnson Auto Plaza Hotline. A lot to unpack there. We'll do that next. Denver Sports Station 1043 The Fan presents Schlereth and Evans.
Our thanks to Cecil Lammy, who just joined us live from the Senior Bowl in uh, Mobile, Alabama. An event that does not include one George Payton. What do we make of that? What do we take from that? I'm... I am with Cecil in this regard. Like, can you look at it all on film and get a good sense? Yeah, absolutely. How a guy plays, you can watch the game, you can do all that stuff. And, and you know, that's 100% accurate. But there are those questions and there are those opportunities. I mean, let's face it. One of the reasons that you go meet with people and you talk to people and you have sit-downs with people is you don't want to have another Paxton Lynch. A dude that, you know, has got all that talent on film, but when you talk to him, you realize, yeah, maybe, whatever. Maybe doesn't is not, is not going to transition well to the NFL game because, you know, he read all his plays on, you know, flashcards. We're running barn chicken. You know, fence. Right. So, you know, you, you and you have those conversations and, you know, the stories out there about people taking them off the draft board based on their sit downs with him. So you got to like that's the that part is that's an important part of the process. Plus, the idea behind George, the strength of George, he's a football junkie. He mm. loves this stuff. That right. was part of the appeal when they hired him. That's what he was sold on, is that this is somebody who loves the process. Coming off John Elway, where, you know, there was there was uh, growing speculation that John had gotten a little kind of tired of Be careful. grinding over film. I know Be this careful. is what leads people to think I hate John Elway. But, Mickey, um, Mickey, oh, Mickey's going to hit the text Mickey's line in three, hit the two, roof. one. Um, I, I hate Elway. <laughs> My heart. That's not me. But I hate Mike Shanahan. I never that, said that. That's totally 100%. AI generated right there. <laughs> I don't even know how AI works, but that is AI generated. I'm here to tell you, but uh, but but this is a guy who supposedly just loves the idea of of, of grinding over film and yeah. and looking at players and scouting and all that kind of stuff. So you would think, just forget about uh, anything else. This is just the kind of the place the football junkie in him would like to be. Yeah. So is it? I'm trying to. I'm trying to give all parties the benefit of the doubt here. Is this one of those cases where, hey, George is busy working with uh, free agency and what to do with the cap and all that kind of stuff and trying to work out trades and maybe trying to work out a trade to move up in the draft, those kind of things. Uh, maybe it's a this Cody Rager guy, Rager, that they brought mm-hmm. over from New Orleans to be the uh, vice president of player personnel. Maybe it was like, hey, this is your, your chance to go run this show. We want you to run this. We want you to run the show down right. there. So I, yeah. I'm trying to. I it only to me it only becomes an issue if he's nowhere to be found at the combine. Yeah, I, then it becomes an issue. Right? Maybe he's working on. Maybe he's working on moving Russell right now. Maybe that's not happening. What? That he's moving Russell? Believe in it. Believe in it. Believe in it. Oh, you mean they're not going to get anything for Russell? Is that what you're saying? They're just going to have to cut him. Uh, yes. You think you get You a, can't trade him. Believe in it, believe in it, believe in it. What if Pittsburgh was to offer you a fifth rounder? Yes! 
you'd be it, you, it would be done. Like that thing would be signed, sealed, and delivered, right? Yep. Yes. There's no way because then you're then, you, then so you're long, partner. then you're trading for the the contract. There's no way. Plus right. the plus the, here's here's the thing, Russ. So the the way it works with his contract is he's untouchable. He, he's going to get his money. Right. So you could, in theory, save it, the Broncos' money could could be saved if the offsets, how the offsets work, right? So let's say mm-hmm. he's owed thirty million. I'm just going to do a nice round number. Let's say he's owed thirty million dollars by the Broncos next year. If he goes and signs with Pittsburgh and he signs a, a one-year $15 million deal, the Broncos are now only on the hook for $15 million, the offset, right? Right. Well, what if you what if you did a deal right now that you, know, you moved him, you got a pick, and it, you, you, know, you had Dick Monfort negotiate the deal <laughs> and eat a certain amount of the money? That would be awesome. Right. But and then, it you you know, unfortunately doesn't work that way, but... But the offsets are such that Russ owes the Broncos nothing. He's going to get his money. So what he wants to do, he makes himself more attractive to teams out there as a free agent with the idea that, hey, you can sign me for the veteran minimum. Mm-hmm. Sign me for a million bucks. Right. Because I'm getting the other 38 from yes. the Broncos. <laughs> I knew a couple of coaches that tried to just work for a dollar. Right. Just so to they, screw the, the, the team that let the, him go. The team that let him go, right. yeah. So there you go. He mentioned, uh, Cecil mentioned that Michael Penix reminds him of a left-handed Teddy Bridgewater. Check this out. Teddy Bridgewater's retired. Yeah, I know. He's retired and he's been hired as the head coach at his alma mater, Miami Northwestern High School. W. Good for Teddy Bridgewater. Hey, for, for where that guy was... After his knee was blown to smithereens, mm-hmm. and it looked like his career was over, for him to be able to come back, put the career together that he did, have some success in New Orleans, you know, get the, get the payday here. I know it didn't work out. but Dude, he almost lost his leg. I know. I know. So for him to have the comeback that he did, even though it didn't really pop here for us, mm-hmm. yeah, still, that that's a heck of a... So That's I mean, a heck of a story. It's amazing. And the, fact, and the fact that you can come back from that and still be an effective, efficient player. I'm not saying you were great, but I mean, the guy had a really good career. How many years did he play? He, played, he probably played close to a decade, right? Well, he, he hurt the knee. The knee got blown up in, what was it, um, 2000 and was it 15, 16? All right, I got it right here. So he played in Minnesota 14 and 15, had those really good years. Mm-hmm. He was 11 and 5 as a starter. 2000, then, he, then he blew up the knee, did not play at all in 2016, barely played in 2017, went to New Orleans in 2018, and, and that's where the whole rehab thing began under mm-hmm. Sean Payton. And he only played in uh, five games, mop-up duty. And then in 2019, when Drew Brees got hurt, he got a chance to start five games and went five and zero oh and threw nine touchdowns to two picks, which was the point I made earlier this week about this this perception out there that Sean Payton is simply a byproduct of Drew Brees. Yeah, you, you got to do your homework. If you do your homework, you realize that every quarterback that he's worked with in the NFL has immediately improved from wherever he was before, and that includes Drew Brees. Yeah, it's Teddy Bridgewater, it's Jameis Winston, it's Russell Wilson, and it's Drew Brees. Teddy Bridgewater and <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater. 
We both did it? Bridgie. I guess I, we, I, you I, even added a Bridgie in there. I, I, uh, <laughs> oh, Bridgie water. <laughs> hey, let's face it. If you're forced to say Teddy Bridgewater over and over again, yeah. you're going to say it. Yeah, it's going to be Bridgie water. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about the Bridgie, but you're definitely yeah. going to say the first part. Yeah, it's that's that is one of those tongue twisters, Mike. The the last part about uh, from Cecil's. Uh, well, let's let's get to this. I want to get to this and, and devote a little bit more time. However, you felt about Bo Nix going into. Well, I guess let's add Penix. However, you felt about Bo Nix and Michael Penix going into this Senior Bowl week. Did your opinion change at all after what you heard from guys like Cecil, Andrew Mason, and others? That's next.